Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers. Giggles, it's just myself and yourself after a two-week, two-and-a-half-week hiatus. Yeah. Apologies to the listeners. Apologies for Shawnee as well. We apologies for Shawnee. We don't have him here with us. The, the Cork the Cork fan, he was very much looking forward to his podcast, I think, before the Under-21 final, but sadly he's, he's cried off after the result, I think. Yeah, he, he actually was the one who tried to have it on at this time, but then all of a sudden he remembered his brother was arriving from Ireland in today. <laughs> so it's the kind of thing you would, would slip your mind. So unfortunately he's not with us. Um... Apologies for not getting this podcast out sooner. We did have plans to do one last week, but it just didn't happen. We did get some tweets in, Giggles, looking, looking for where we were. Um, first in, we had a tweet in from Just Hurling. Any other than final podcast, lads, keep up the good work. That was yesterday. So obviously there's a need out there for our, our review of the other than final, which yeah. is coming soon. Um, also got a tweet in from Parik Mar, Akadeh Thoughts on Conor McKenna being brought in for Tyrone for the other than final. We might touch on that. Giggles with the All Ireland final review. Yeah, which is which is tomorrow. Also had a tweet in from Derek O'Donnell. This is actually the night of the All Ireland final. Saying hope the sausage rolls and sandwiches are living up to expectations as you set up for the match. Enjoy. And then we had a tweet off from probably an hour or two later. Woohoo! Heart attack territory for Limerick. But finally, we've seen Limerick win All Ireland. So uh, I can imagine what the Limerick fans went through, and we'll touch on that today as well. So coming up on today's show, we're going to look back at the Ireland final, which is almost two weeks. Was it two weeks now? Eagles? Two weeks ago now. Yeah. Two weeks ago this Sunday, we're also going to have a look back at the the Sunday game team of the year, and we'll give our thoughts on that. Finally, we look at the Cork and Tip All Ireland final that we had last weekend. Another cracking game of hurling, and we'll finish up with a quick preview of the Ireland football final, which is on tomorrow night. So coming up first, we look back at the great game that was Limerick and Galway. Like the legend of the Phoenix, all ends with beginnings. What keeps the planet spinning? Ah, the force from the beginning. We're now done in past the injury time. Kelly has to go for distance. The referee doesn't blow his whistle. Ball comes out towards Dolan Dunaway. Clare have the ball. Patrick O'Connor sends it into the centre. They have to hold possession. The referee gets out of the way. Hand passes on. Dolan Dunaway is the left corner back. He hits it. He hits it. Wow. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. What a match. I have never experienced on, anything rest. like it. Blow it up, ref. Blow it up. Fine, Gavin. Blow up the final whistle. Surely he's looking at his watch and he's blown the final whistle. It's a draw for the second year in a row. Seems like forever ago now, Giggles, that we were over my house that Sunday night watching our final myself, yourself, Shawnee, we had Pa, another teammate of ours, Fintan, was over too. And I don't know about you, we'll get into the detail, but 
it game seemed like a bit of a haze. Yeah, it it was it was funny because we were we were sitting on the couch watching it and sh- watching Shane Dowling put Limerick seven or eight points up, whatever it was, in the 69th minute, and you kind of still felt like, Jesus, they don't have this one yet. Um, it was helter skelter stuff then after that, obviously. But you'd have to say overall, Limerick are deserving All Ireland champions. They bossed the game for 69 minutes. They had eight minutes of kind of nervy territory where maybe memories of 94 were coming back for a lot of Limerick people but fortunately for the Limerick team they got over the line and I think everybody in the country is delighted for them probably with the exception of the Galway people and I'm sure the Galway people will be delighted for them in, in a couple of months time as well yeah definitely and I think like you said definitely everyone was behind Limerick they were I suppose the underdogs going in on the day I did tip them giggles if you do remember right you, you're the win. only man only man yeah. I tipped them on the podcast but um yeah it was funny just back to those la- last eight minutes like I was like to Shawnee, Shawnee, I, I don't think they're safe here. Like, no, yeah. it's fine. They're, they're, they're home. They're home. I was like, Shawnee, have you not watched all the hurling matches this year yeah. where teams have been up by eight, nine points and ended up with a draw? And I was certain when, when Godfrey got back to a point that it was going to be a draw. But anyway, I'm skipping ahead of myself. But just on the game in general, Giggles, it was interesting the reaction afterwards. A lot of people say, oh, it wasn't a great hurling. It was a bit patchy. A lot of wides. I thought it was a phenomenal game of hurling. Yeah. The speed, the intensity, the hitting in it. And like, yeah, we had wides, and I think it was a point that Shawnee made in earlier podcasts, was every one of those wides was a shot under pressure. Yeah. You know, and Tommy Walsh was on off the ball the week after as well, said the same point. He says, I'd much rather watch a game of hurling like that than a game that's a score fest. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought, it, I, I loved it from start to finish. Now, obviously, some of the wides are hard to watch at times, but like the swarm tactics that Limerick had up over around the Galway lads, and not, not in a negative way, just yeah. sheer hunger. Did, I think the, in the very first minute, um, there was Park Mannion was getting a short sideline cut, and Graham Mulcahy must have rang about thirty-five yards from the cornerback, out hooked him, won a free, and Limerick got the free in, and it was the one Galan had a tough free to open the score, and then he put it over the bar, and I think that set the tone for the entire game. That Graham Mulcahy work rate, the whole entire Limerick forward line work rate, in and around the middle eight, and they just dominated there, and Galway who I think we had said against Clare were like that boxing champion on the ropes, just couldn't get over the line again. And they couldn't get going. It, it proved that they weren't a team that were getting lucky against Kilkenny in the, in the Leinster final at the replay and against Clare. But it was just a team that they were actually tired. And they were, as it comes to pass, they had a lot of injuries. David Burke came out in the in the papers later saying that there was lads ice and injuries at three in the morning. Three in the morning, yeah. Ice and, and you could tell, like Jamba Hanbury, Dahi Burke... Um, there was a lad in the forwards there as well they were all carrying a few injuries but again going back to the last podcast I think the hunger just wasn't there and the hunger to win a second All-Ireland in a row especially from a county like Galway who were starved for so long you talked about the last day they were opening shops they were doing this that and the other and it just caught up with them it probably could have caught up with them two weeks earlier and maybe Clare might have got over the line but it definitely caught up with them in the All-Ireland final and only for probably Joe going to town in the last uh, eight minutes they, they would have been beaten by 8 or 9 or 10 points. Yeah, and that's not to take away from that effort that they came back with, which was phenomenal finish, as you said. That last 10 minutes was an amazing, not actually good for us to watch. I remember looking over at you on the couch. <laughs> you were actually, it was like you were a Limerick supporter watching it. Like, yeah. you had worry on your face, like, oh, no, I can't believe this is happening. I think we all had a certain... Yeah sense of that well I probably I've seen it enough times with Waterford over the years <laughs> where you think you're nailed on and you're five points up and you end up losing by two points and I could feel the same thing happening for Limerick but fortunately that free that Joe won was about 10 yards just too far back because I'd say if it was 10 yards on he would have put it over the and bar. maybe 10 minutes earlier 
like yeah, you know yeah. like you're into your 88 minute in an Ireland final off the back of 8 or 9 games he's tired it's, at that you're stage. tired yeah. you know what I mean and I think I don't know who it was on I think it was on off the ball as well during the week after Ireland I think it was Dahi Regan was saying the way he took that free is not a way he would take that, that free that he took the step back and yeah. then stepped into it like a penalty like a penalty because yeah. he, he had to he was so tired he didn't have the I suppose the energy levels to take his normal stance and trust himself to get it yeah. to get it over but um, yeah look Limerick I think the celebrations of what I found very interesting was John Kiley after the game just immediately after they couldn't believe it yeah. that they'd won <laughs> you know what I mean they actually there was just a sense of like it's actually happening like he actually had his hands on his head for a few minutes after walking around the pitch because I think it was just disbelief especially the way it had ended that we've actually got over the line here I think for someone like John Kiley he probably had it at 69 minutes when Dowling put the ball in the back of the net probably thought to himself we're there, we're in the promised land, but probably had to endure that nine minutes that must must have felt like nine days um, when Galway got the momentum and started going on the on the offensive. Um, he must have been thinking in the back of his head, this is going to a replay or we're going to lose this one. Just because it's innate in kind of counties like maybe Limerick and Waterford and Clare that haven't won as much. Sometimes the big teams just get the better yeah. And I think it was probably the nine minutes had probably put that worry on his face, whereas if the game was blown up at 70 minutes, he might have been a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> yeah, like to go... I've never seen eight minutes of injury time in an Ireland final. And there was warranted because a lot of things yeah. did happen. There was no issues there. But back to, I think, a key moment in that injury time was when Graham McCarty got the ball, I think... Were the two point no, they're one point up. Two that points stage. up, you're right. Two points up, yeah. and he went to hit that crossfield ball to Keen Lynch, and he mis mis hit it five yards out in front of Keen Lynch, and God, we got the score. Yeah. I thought it was curtains there. Yeah. It was that kind of a ball, but yeah. then he goes up and scores that amazing point. Himself, Literally yeah. himself straight after. Like, what what a score that was yeah. on his left, as Jackie yeah. Turl always says. Um, I think all these points this year have been on his left hand side, but that was an amazing turnaround. Like you know, you think you're you're be down your boots a bit after doing that. And then turn around and take on that score from an angle. Yeah, I think I think the pass was like a classic pass they would have been doing all year. That little twenty-yard flick pass. It was off Graham Mulcahy's left-hand side. He was given the pass well, and it was a terrible miss hit straight to Niall Burke, who threw it over the bar for a great score. Brought Galway back to one, but then yeah, a minute later Graham is up back at number thirteen, turning onto his left-hand side again and popping it over the bar. And Limerick had hit probably. 10 wides within about a 20 minute spell and missed a sitter of a goal by was it Flanagan? it was Flanagan yeah yeah yeah. Flanagan missed a sitter and if any of them had gone over they would have built that 8 point lead up into a 10 11 point lead and it wouldn't have been an opportunity for Galway but it just allowed Galway to somehow stay in the game even though Dowling got them to 8 points the minute they got the goal Galway went down and they got their own goal and it put it to 5 points and suddenly there's a bit of belief 8 minutes goes up in the clock and that just gives the Galway team Sure, Jesus, we might as well give it a go for eight minutes and, and see what happens. And that's exactly what they did. And it was nailed by. I don't think anyone in Limerick had any nails. I'd no nails left anyway. No. It, was, it was mad stuff. Oh, yeah, and I think we're all the same. We're all a bit mentally drained by the end of it as neutrals, never mind as, like you said, the, the Limerick supporters. Um, but I think back to where Limerick got it right, I think tactically, how they played the, the Johnny Glynn factor and how they, they nullified that with Mike Casey. Yeah. Jackie Turner wrote nearly a whole article in the Irish Times basically on... Grappling. Grappling. <laughs> no, post yeah, yeah, yeah. on what Mike Casey done. I think Mike Casey oh. had the ball in his hand twice in that game. Obviously, he went off injured after around 50-plus minutes. Twice in his hand and took, completely took Johnny Glynn out of the game. And Jackie's analysis of it was great in the Times, how he broke it down. That what did he just do was every time, all he did was 
he played Johnny Glynn's catching hand yeah. and let the ball run through because he knew they were isolating Casey who had nearly gave up a foot nearly on yeah. on Glynn played his hand ball went through to the goalie every time yeah. and Galway could didn't seem to recover from that like that was their their out ball all year probably from Dencer Fine onwards and it just didn't it didn't work from yeah. from there on in and, and you mirror that with what David McInerney probably tried to do when, got, when Johnny Glynn got that goal he tried to catch the ball in at full back and I think Casey's probably been one of the most underrated players in this year. Like Conor Callahan was nearly been Conor Callahan was nearly been gifted the best hurler in the country at one point after the club championship that he had. And it was Mike Casey who kind of nullified him and kept him to a point from playing that first All Ireland. Kept him to a point from playing the second All Ireland until he went off injured. Came back, was second to Richie. Mar- or was Shame Hickey was full back in the very first game against Tipperary. Seamus got a bit of a roast and Mike Casey was in and he was full back for Limerick all year and he's had a fantastic campaign he's been yeah. amazing um, geez, I wouldn't fancy marking Mike Casey out of all no. the backs <laughs> and what, what I loved about him was that he just completely sacrificed his own game for um, for the sake of the team you know what I mean like a full back or, or I don't even think a cornerback they don't actually need to be seen they don't need to be actually on the ball and he wasn't no. and like to take Lean over like that I think was an, an amazing like unselfish performance he had his job to do and they, and he stuck to the plan and then he went off injured and to see we saw Richie McCarthy come in and we were all a bit like oh god you know Richie McCarthy played a storm when he came in he just, and actually there was one piece of play where Richie McCarthy was got the ball around his own 30 yard line went to solo right came in around caught the ball again and gave a 30 yard hand pass whereas you'd associate Richie McCarthy maybe four years ago with the big drive out and Hit the, hit the ball as high as you can down on top of the full forward line. He's after being moulded into this whole new way Limerick play where they play the ball through the lines, give it to the best man and they build the scoring position kind of tactically as opposed to lumping the ball in that would have been kind of happened three or four years ago if Richie was bursting out. So the whole Limerick squad knew their job, whether they were 1 to 35, I'm sure. If, if number 35 had to come in at the last minute before the game, he knew exactly what he had to do. It was They were just so well organised and well drilled. Yeah, and I think another, another defining moment of that game was seeing Flanagan put Garrod McInerney on his arse like coming out with a ball in the first half in the first half yeah. like you know Garrod there's not too many lads that put him on his backside coming out with the ball the classic thing he's coming out he's going to give a little 15-20 yard pop pass but he's going to set up a Galway attack bang leveled him yeah. you know what I mean and that really said, set the tone and when you're a, a Galway team who's a bit tired you're carrying a few injuries those momentum shifts are massive you know and I don't think Galway ever really got going and it was a point I was making I think to like, Shawnee made this point now it's great he can't defend it here today <laughs> but that oh Galloway didn't get with third gear I just don't buy that for any of the games like you've made that point yeah. at the start of this segment that it's just they weren't up to the pace this year you know and they, they were unbeaten in fairness to them up until up until the final. final but they got through by the skin of their teeth and that shows they were they were great champions and died in, with their boots on but they never displayed the displays that they had the year before where they were, were clinical had that mental toughness and steel they yeah. were that bit fragile this year take the points about the attrition and the, the structure this championship has had on their bodies but Limerick played nearly as many games oh, did you it? Know? yeah exactly and like I think if you pick out any player and it's probably harsh and, and the fella because he's a great hurler but Cahill Mannion kind of typified Galway in the last three games whereby 
anytime the game was open up and loose he'd be hitting points over his shoulder from the sideline two and three four points in the first couple of minutes but then when teams like Clare and Kilkenny and, and Limerick in this case got stuck into it Cahill Manning just wasn't around to kind of pull his team into it and he was taken off in the other final I hit him nailed down for an all-star after the Leinster final at, at that point and he just they just he just he just didn't want to know about the fight and I think that you can't blame a guy for that it's not he's, he's gone out purposely not to go in the fight but he has his all-Ireland medal in the back pocket there have been celebrations in Galway they've had a, a long year and I think we talked about in the last podcast would Galway opt out when it got tough I think they opted out a little bit earlier because it wasn't actually that tight at the end and then they made their burst at the very very end when, they, when it was just a little bit too late mm-hmm. and the, I suppose there's a point that I made like it's in back to back all Ireland's is so difficult in, in the modern era we've had since 1988, I think Kilkenny and Cork are the only teams who've done it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Cork has done it once, and Kilkenny have done it three or four times. Yeah. But it just goes to show it's so hard with teams who we thought were nailed on to do it yeah. have, have tripped themselves up. Tip in 16, Galway in 17. Yeah. Limerick will be put in as favourites now, or second favourites for next year's championship, and there'll be another team come along. Whether yeah. it'll be Kilkenny on a rejuvenated, whether it'll be Tip or Waterford back in the mix, whether Dave can get something out of Wexford. We're a Galway regroup. Next, you're nearly looking forward to next year's championship way more already because you know what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, especially I think it's safe to say, and I think Shane Dowling was was interviewed and the point he made that it's so sweet them winning this Ireland when it's probably the hardest Ireland that anyone has ever won. Ever won, yeah. And like I, as a Kilkenny man, I'm happy to say that as well. You know, like that to have played that new structure, come through. They had to come through quarter final, semi final final and to beat the other current other champions to seal it off and a Becky Kenny along the way as well, Beck Tip along the way, you know what I mean, Beck Cork, you know what I mean? Yeah. What an, like it's what not Ireland to win. Yeah. It was it was it was it was fantastic and fair play to Limerick and Shane Dowling is gas because like, everyone kinda thinks of Shane Dowling as his stalwart to Limerick hurling. Like Shane Dowling is only twenty five years of age and and he's like the old fella on this Limerick team, which kinda is a little bit worrying as well. But again, go back to twenty ten and Tip are going to be winning five in a row, uh, and they kind of faded off. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see where Limerick go from here. I think Kyle Hayes, who has played full forward in All-Ireland Minor Final, played centre-back in the under-21 final, played centre-forward now, and got man in the match in All-Ireland Final. He's only 19 or 20, and he's the second 19 or 20-year-old to get a man in the match in the All-Ireland Final in the last four or five years. So it's... It's just way such a young person's game these days, and like just because you're a twenty or twenty one year old average age team like Limerick are, doesn't guarantee them success next year either. No, definitely not. But on on Kyle Hayes though, what a mature performance for a man of his age. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he scored his three or four points from play, but it was his work rate and his link up play the whole way throughout. Again, it's like you were saying, every Limerick player knew their job, yeah. and Kyle Hayes had his job, and he can equally play centre back. Yeah, you know he he and the best probably play of the game was Graham Mulcahy's first goal where he went into the corner, won the ball, had the vision, picked out a, a beautiful pass to Graham Mulcahy straight into his hand. Now Graham dropped it, and fortunately for Graham, he got he kind of did a push over try, yeah, Munster style <laughs> into the back of the net. Um, but yeah, he he was fantastic from start to finish. You'd probably say not to take away from Kyle's performance, but that Garo McInerney was carrying the injury. He wasn't himself. You'd wonder, like when he was put back in his arse, that's not Garrod McInerney at full tilt. Like no. I don't think there's going to be many. Even Flanagan will probably admit to himself he wouldn't fancy coming up into that situation if it was a fully fit Garrod McInerney. But um, yeah, w- would Joe Cooney have been better off at centre back and not have that change of personnel and carrying an injured player? You don't. We won't know. We'll never know. But Garrod McInerney just wasn't himself compared to twelve months ago when he just took Austin Gleeson totally out of the game. So um, but Kyle Hayes. 
magic four points three probably when they really needed it just after half time um, and it was just an amazing performance yeah amazing performance and it was great to see him click that man in the match award and little can be done to argue with that one and he was he was in the pool the next, next day, day for a recovery session after another so yeah like yeah. that's on her. I think I think that's where it's gone with this new generation of these 19, 20, 21 year old players coming through. Your peak as a hurler now probably is at the age of 23, 24. Yeah. We're probably not going to see guys play into their 30s like we have seen up until the last year or two. No. You know, and it's the same with the AFL here at the moment that you peak at 23, 24 here, yeah. which is you know, it's nearly sad in one way like you saw careers of lads like Shefflin playing well into his 30s that, like, that's probably an era that's going to slip by us now we could be proven wrong on that obviously but just shows like the pace that the game of hurling is played at now yeah. we've always said it oh it's not, it can't get any better than this it can't get any faster than this it can't get any better conditioning and now like there's still you know there's still more there like that's it's kind of frightening in a way yeah just, uh, I'm really looking forward to smiling in my face here talking about it. just looking forward to next year I think it's going to be another amazing championship but going back to Limerick like 45 years of pain horror story in 2000 and f- or 1994 1996 when they were expected to win not so much so in 2027 when Kilkenny were probably yeah. in 2007 when Kilkenny were like you know well hot favourites to, to win that game and it was over after f- 15 minutes but um, the joy that was on the Limerick people's faces they're a serious bunch um, Seamus Hickey was the only survivor I think from 2007 I think he got on the field for the last minute or two no, played, he, he didn't get on he, no, he, get on, on, he no. got on in the semi-final yeah um, he was there with his kids yeah it was, it was, lovely. It was, it was, it was it was just amazing but it was, what was interesting actually was a lot of the Limerick players were asked afterwards did they want the, play, the supporters to come on I couldn't believe the Limerick fans didn't get on the field mm. I thought they would and we were talking about that the last day um, but a lot of Limerick players said they just really enjoyed actually being able to be on the field themselves yeah. looking up and that's a fair point too Yeah, I think what actually would be nice and I think it's something Crow Park could look into is let the players have their moment after the match let them have their 5-10 minutes going around with each other and then when the presentation is about to start and the they players have gone up to the steps just open the gates and leave people on in an orderly fashion Yeah, yeah like yeah. is that rules out the risks of the OHS where people are trying to like sprint on get past security guards Yeah, if, if the gates open people can just wander on and uh, then you've got people in front of you for yeah, speech I yeah, think yeah. That's, I think that would be a nice thing but I think the days of the pitch in Crow Park is gone which is unfortunate when in every other match during the year <laughs> you can get on the pitch Turles in Turles you, you just walk any, yeah. Nolan Park has been thrown, you yeah. just walk on but anyway look congratulations to Limerick um, a brilliant year a brilliant hurling championship definitely best hurling championship in my living memory anyway I think yeah. you'd agree Giggles oh, without a doubt and we are really looking forward to next year it's kind of sad in a way that it's kind of come to an end because because we had so many games this year week after week after week and all those replays it was just a, f- a phenomenal championship we've nothing now we've not now we've <laughs> not now no we've not now alright well, so coming up next we're going to have a look back at the team of the year and we'll compare our thoughts to what the Sunday game panel came up with in one single moment your whole life can turn round I stand there for a minute staring straight into the ground Things were just going through my head, you know, and because like you know, I don't want to leave the people of Waterford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Waterford are my life, you know, and I, I, I love, I love, I love my county, you know. We love So as always, and uh the final Sunday game episode of the Hurling Championship, the, the panel all got together and picked their, their team of the year. Um, you know, it's hard to argue with some points of it, but Giggles, you have some thoughts to share with us. I'll, I'll, I'll chip in too. 
But just we'll start maybe with the the goalie and the full back line. We had a goalie of Owen Murphy, Kilkenny, Finn Limerick, Bork Galway, and English from Limerick. Um, Owen Murphy, I I think personally was the best goalie, even though he got knocked out of quarter final stage. I think he's shot stopping and. Kenny, the Kenny defence was exposed a lot and he had a lot of action. I don't think there was a better shot stopper on him this year. I, I just say, before we jump into the team, it's very interesting this year because there's probably 40 games as yeah. opposed to 20 games. And you've had players that have played five games and they mightn't even got to a quarter final. Yeah, true, I mean? good point. Yeah. So you, it's, it's actually, it makes picking the team a lot harder and it, it throws up more kind of options for a lad jeez that lad played four games for tip cornerback and he was brilliant just let's say yeah. um, but he hasn't a hope really because he hasn't got to the quarterfinal stage but going back to Owen Murphy I wholeheartedly agree with you he was like people will make the case for Nicky Quaid because of his puck outs and because of that flick but I just think from what Owen Murphy did against Limerick alone gives him an all yeah. and I, th- I don't think anyone's going to argue with that okay Neil on there full back line Giles full back line so I think I think the Sunday game have Got it spot on here. I will argue that I think Adrian Tuohy was probably nailed on until he had a very he had a very bad All Ireland final, and Richie English had a very good All Ireland final. So that's probably where they're coming at there. My only thing, and I don't know whether I change the team or not, but I'm going to throw it in. Would you put Mike Casey in the corner? Yeah, Dahi Burke is the best fullback this year, but Mike Casey was fantastic, and I think he was probably better. If you just put them one on one against Richie English, I think Sean Finn is nailed on. He was his hurling coming out of defence as yeah. well as his defending is amazing. Um, but then the counter, I suppose, is which I don't mind is that Mike Casey didn't play cornerback, so he, he shouldn't get in cornerback. No, no. But I know that yeah. happens yeah. every year; someone gets picked in a position that they didn't play in. But yeah, yeah. So, I, so I, I stick with the Sunday games one on that on that on that line. I think Colin Spillane is probably a little bit unlucky, but Aaron Gillan put paid to his chances in the other and semi final as well. But I think the Sunday game have it spot on there. Fair enough. What I'm, do you think? Yeah. yeah, no, I'm happy enough with that full back line. Um, on to the half back line, we had Burns from Limerick, Hannon, and Parik Mannion from Galway. Yeah. Um, looking at that one, Mannion was always nailed on for that wing back position. I don't think we'll have any arguments there. Hannon at centre back. I suppose he ha- he he had a great year towards yeah. probably the latter half of the year. Yeah. I'd say rather than the first half in the Munster Championship. I think in from the All Ireland semi final onwards, he really became a prominent leader f- in, yeah. f- for Limerick. Um, Gerard Mack probably if he hadn't got injured, would have been pushing him hard. Yeah. But he probably was not. Obviously, he didn't play in the replay against Clare. As we said, it wasn't the year of the centre back. No, it just wasn't. It wasn't like the Shawnee McMahon's or the Brian Corcoran's or the Ken McGrath's dominating centre backs. So Declan Hannon probably had less competition than ever for a centre back. Also, yeah. not, not to take away from his performances, he was outstanding in the first half of the All Ireland uh, final. But yeah, it, it wasn't a great year, vintage year for centre backs this year. Burns wing back. Yeah, I I think this line just picks itself. Yeah, don't like an honourable mention in there to Shane Amori, who had a very good year for yeah. there from an attacking perspective. Outside that, yeah, I'm not sure you're finding anyone else really. There no, I think I think line. I think yeah. So we're they've done well so far, giggles. We're yeah, you know yeah. we're, we haven't countered too much of it. On to midfield, we had Dar Fitzgibbon and Keen Lynch. Look, Dar Fitzgibbon, I think if Cork had got to an Ireland final, was in line for running for hurler of the year. He had a, ph- a phenomenal year for Cork. I think you can't really argue with that. And again, Keane Lynch has just been a revelation. I, and I ordinarily describe him as kind of like a little Paul Scholes. Yeah. Uh, has the red hair as well. Yeah. But the way, that way he's playing, and maybe similar and a little bit different, maybe the way Chaffis Patrick is playing yeah. that midfield yeah. role. He's a real playmaker, 
but what he brings in terms of his touches around the middle middle third is phenomenal. Yeah. The way he can get a ball in his hand and get out of a tight space and then score yeah. points and goals. He gives the pass that breaks the defence. Yeah. Is the way I'd put it. You know, it's a twenty yard pass where it's a hand pass or a stick pass and he's it's always in movement and he just opens up defences for his forward line. So Look, yeah, I think there's no there's no dispute in midfield. I think David Burke got into a bit of form in the latter part of the year. He got three points the last day. Yeah. He got three points in the semi-final, but he's not pushing these two no. guys. No, and I didn't think he was as good as he was last year. Oh, no, he I thought he was yeah, phenomenal yeah. last year, but it was interesting on off the ball that Regan was on and saying, oh, he was my hurler of the year. David Burke? Yeah, David Burke. And Dahi Regan, is, he's probably on the booze again, was he? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was like, no, definitely not. He's not, no, no. no. These those two boys, I think I don't think Agreed. there'll be any man in the country argue with them two as the best midfielders in the country no. this year. Agreed. On to the half forward line, we had Duggan from Clare, Canning Galway, and Tom Morrissey from Limerick. Um, if we look at Tom Morrissey, I think yeah, he's been phenomenal all year. I think he's played a kind of similar role to Owen Larkin in years gone by, yeah. where he drops back into the half back line midfield, does the world of work, but also has scored like yeah. very, very important points at very important moments for Limerick. I think that the final moment that score he got against Kilkenny in that quarter final where he picked the up, the, up the, the soul up the yeah. field was just like that. Plus, was a, he took over the freeze today against Cork when when Galan got sent yeah. off. He's just a confident scorer, and yeah. he doesn't appear to have any major pace or any outstep, but he's just so good. And he dispossessed your man for the goal. For the goal. Final, went in. Took in, or I don't know. Was he? He probably didn't get. To, he probably got the pass, but he came inside, showed real composure when he took the shot and then buried it in the back of the net. Yeah, he's he's had a great year. Yeah, uh, I'd say I the one lad on the half forward line who's probably very unlucky to lose out is probably T J Reid. Yeah, look, I think T J really clicked in from maybe the. Wexford game probably. the Wexford game on I yeah. think he was very quiet in the Dublin game and he was also quite in the first Galway game in the Leinster Championship and I was a bit worried about when you had yeah. said that if TJ wasn't fired Kilkenny were going to be under pressure but then he did stand up but I think because Kilkenny went out at a quarter final stage yeah, he might be He's a probably would have pushed Duggan I think Morrissey and, and Canning are nailed on yeah. for those two and Duggan might be the one he might have got in for he, yeah but if yeah. he was, to get, I don't yeah. think he should have got in. No, I, I don't think he'll get in. I think that'll be the half hour line, but I think he's probably been the number four. And if they took league form on a note picking the authors, which they definitely won't this year because there's just been two matches in the minimum, many yeah. matches in the championship, TJ won the league for Kilkenny. Yeah. Like, there's absolutely no question about that. Um, so he's unlucky. Um, obviously, those three guys had fantastic campaigns. Kyle Mannion was probably in the running up until maybe the All Ireland semi final. You could argue that Joe Savcuni would have been in the running until he went back in the in the backs. He had a very good All Ireland final as well. But I think the three guys over the course of eight or nine games that they've played, there, there will be no argument with that as well. The Sunday game have done well so far. Well to be so fair. far. Might even get some of them on the podcast. Some you know, we're happy with their. Michael the, Lester might come Mike on. Lester might come on as a farewell. Yeah. 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 If Shawnee doesn't get back on the on the show again, like, come on, Shawnee. Right, onto the full forward line. Graham Mulcahy, John Conlon, and Seamus Harnady. Mulcahy and Conlon, in my mind, nailed on. Conlon was nailed on for a long time. He probably, he probably, the two games against Galway, he was up against the best fullback in the country. Um, He probably, he still gave him a good, good game, but he wasn't as effective as the other games, but every other game, he was like a man mountain up there. Yeah. And we say Graham Mulcahy was a three sixteen he scored from play yeah. in the championship, nailed on. Harnady was excellent, brilliant leader, but I think that's the one where there's probably a few, you might have a few alternatives there. He is. Well, I think the full forward line this year is the hardest line to pick, and yeah. usually the full forward line is generally nailed on because you have two or three big scorers from the All Ireland winning champions. But can, you can imagine if you put a full forward line of uh, Gillan, 
um, Shane O'Donnell and Patrick Horgan in there instead of the three boys. Now, I don't think they'd be the right, but you wouldn't be weakening the team too much on this year's performance. So there's definitely more talking points in here. I think pre-All-Ireland Graham Mulcahy wasn't getting into the team for some reason. Maybe just because he was coming under the radar and Gillan was getting the more the plaudits because he was a younger guy. Conlon is nailed on at foot forward, absolutely, no doubt about it. Your argument around Richie uh, or Casey not being able to play in cornerback because he played fullback all year. Did Seamus Harney play much of the year corner no. forward? I don't think so. He did play in the inside line a bit though. But it was never at corner no, forward. So for me, uh, 13, Graham Mulcahy nailed on. John Conlon, 14, nailed on. 15 is the one that's up for grabs. And for me, it's probably down to Seamus Harney, Patrick Horgan and an outside bet. I wouldn't give it to him now, but after his semi-final performance, Shane O'Donnell. Shane O'Donnell, yeah. I think if you're being true to, to positions... Patrick Horgan should be the man that's gone in there and get it. I think if you look at his performances for Cork throughout the year, he's brought them back in an awful lot of games as well where he scored 15 and 16 and 17 points a game. And I know he's free, the free taker, but five or six of them might come from play. Did he have a better year than Seamus Harnady? Probably not. So the team have made room for Seamus Harnady here. When, she, when Cork needed leaders every single time, Seamus Harnady stood up, caught a ball, scored a goal, scored a point. And that's why he's in there. And he was Cork's best forward this year. He was better than Patrick Horgan. But if you're playing every player in their position, that's the one where you'd have the little argument around number 15 there, I think, for me. Yeah, in fairness, like, of the, of the 15 that's been picked, that's the only one that's been picked out of position. Yeah, it is. Which is fair going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, normally you see a few moved around. So, look... We let Harnady in there. I think I think we leave Harnady in there as, as being the best cock forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's it'd, be, fair point. it'd be interesting. Now, often there's a good few differences between the All-Star team and the Sunday game team. I reckon that'll be fairly close mm. to the All-Stars. See, I think I, I I'll sit corrected here now and I'm willing to take all feedback, but I think picking the All-Stars is something to do with the media have 50% of the rights of voting and then the players have 50% yeah. of the rights of voting. So everyone gets a vote. So... It will be interesting because you'll have so many different perspectives going well, in on that. I don't the players get, get players get player of the year. I don't think they have impact on the All-Stars. They, don't, they may not have. They may not have now. Find if, out that. We're looking at for If anyone, so if anyone has feedback, yeah, give us a look. And then the Hurler of the Year piece is, is all on the players, I think, isn't it's it? It's all on the players. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Who's your favourite for that now without looking at the odds now? Yeah, no, I'm not looking at the odds. I think, for me, um, Joe Canning is Hurler of the Year. Yeah. Without doubt. I think he just, in every single game, he stood up and was counted, whether it was for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, or 70 minutes. He's been fantastic for Galway, and he was the one bringing the fight when in, against Kilkenny, against Clare, and against Limerick when the rest of the Galway team were down and out. Park Mannion... He's getting. He's been the one talked up for it, and I think everyone was went for him in the Sunday game. But that's generally the way they always go for one player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I would. You don't think he'd be someone from Limerick? No, because as you you said it last week, every single Limerick player is a seven or eight out of ten every yeah. game. Whereas Joe and Mannion have been nines in the majority of their games. It'll be Mannion or Galway, but then. If the three of them only get nominated, what happens in the past is he splits the vote. <clears throat> sometimes it splits splits the vote. Yeah. Mm. It'll be interesting to see now. Um, Seamus Callan probably fell foul of that. It'd be argued now. I, I always thought Aston Gleeson was the hurler of the year that year. You'd argue then that did Jamie Barron fall foul of it last year and Joe got it? Yeah. When it should have been maybe Jamie Barron, but maybe that's me being a bit biased. You're but not this, biased. This year, I think Joe Canning has to be hurler of the year. And I think he'll be the first, if he does get it, he'll be the first player do in history to, to do back to back hurlers of the year. That'd be a great achievement. Yeah. Well, we always look forward to the. the Who's your hurler of the year, by the way? Um, look, I'd probably hard, find it hard to disagree with Joe Canning as well. Like, talk, I think he, he, in the first half of the Ireland final, I wouldn't say he went missing, but he wasn't 
no. wasn't on you know what I mean yeah. and Hannon was really on top of him and I was a bit disappointed with Canning but when the fight back was on he was the one who really stood up for Galway and that goal that he scored we haven't seen man, since the change the, the rule around you can't bring the ball over the line when you're hitting a free to score a 21 with five lads on the line and to put it in the top corner of the stanchion yeah. in all Ireland final when your team needs to score a goal that was one of the greatest savage goals yeah. like you know you look back at Sheffield's one that he got that time against Tip in 2009 like he was, Cummins, he was on the 14 he on the 14 yeah. and Cummins got a hurl to it and like you know went in like don't get yeah. me wrong it's still a brilliant goal but like to score what Canning did there's not too many lads I don't think anyone else could have done that only him no I don't think the camera picked up the ball no I didn't you have to watch it in slow-mo from directly behind so for me like I think yeah I think he's a worthy uh, a a worthy recipient of if if he was to get it so look we'd be interested to see the All-Stars this year I think unfortunately this year is the year that the Hurlers gets announced in the paper the morning of and the footballers get announced on the night so that's always disappointing when it's that way but anyway let the football get something this year hasn't been been a, a vintage year so okay, look, we leave that team there, the Sunday game team of the year. We just vetoed it in. We're happy enough with it. Yeah, I think we're happy enough. We're happy enough with it, and um, we we'll quickly look. We're under pressure here. Me and Giggles have to go training in fifteen minutes. We've got yeah. training over the road, so we'll we'll quickly look at the the tip and Cork on twenty on final last weekend. The ball hands out the far side to Henry Shefflin. Henry has a look. Henry puts it over the ball. There's the insurance fight. Mrs. McGinnis. Kick that one out. Kick the bones over that one, Mrs. McGinnis. Cusack is not still in now. The wait goes on for Cork. No All Ireland since 2001 in either minor or 21 or senior. Uh, oh, sorry, 2004, pardon me. Underage since 2001. Um, Cork Giggles raging half favourites going into this with the, I suppose, the major- a lot of senior players that played during the year for them like starting 21 which makes a huge difference at that level and came up short with a goal last minute from Tipperary which was looking at that goal if you're a defender or if you're looking on as a supporter pull him down do yeah. not let him get in <laughs> trip him kick him jump on him you can't let a man run in like that yeah no I think we'll have to give a mention to our own Fergus Murphy he was, he was on Corner Ford and that Cork team that won the minor in 2001 she's a long time ago now it is <laughs> he's not looking as fresh these days as he did no. back then <laughs> but um, that was a great Cork team that produced Satanto Halpine Tomas O'Leary the Munster player John Gardner they did a number of, of kind of Cork Kieran Mur- the two Kieran Murphys and you kind of had a similar feel to this team with Coleman Fitzgibbon Kingston O'Mahony at full forward who was centre back during the league um, O'Flynn the lad from Aaron's own uh, and Kingston was captain so you just felt I suppose these under 21 things when, when you have so many senior players can go one or two ways you have so many senior players and it can be a great thing but on the flip side, if you look at Tipperary team where they only had Jake Morris, who was only, I suppose, a sub on the Tip senior team, had the opportunity to build up this kind of teamwork and work more closely as a team. And I think watching the game, it was obvious that Cork probably had the superior hurlers, but Tipperary had the superior teamwork and want on the day. And when Cork went two points up or one point up 
into three minutes into injury time after going behind and getting four points in a row you thought yep yeah, they're home and hose here now they're gonna they're gonna walk this through and it was just doggedness and as you said you pull your man down if you're if you're a, a, a tipperary or a cork back and looking at that tipperary lad running through the middle it was just want out of tipperary that won it in, in the end and you kind of just have to say fair play to tipperary nobody thought this was going to happen uh, the standard of the match wasn't great you'd have to say it was a kind of a sloppy match nerves were a kind yeah. of a big factor of it and tip just came behind and and i think from a cork point of view we were hoping sean would be here because he might be able to defend himself but over the past few years where cork have had a lead to win in all ireland or win in all ireland semi-final they've just let it go a lot and has a bit of softness crept into the cork kind of play work because you've got Watford winning minors and under 21s in the last five years you've Limerick you've got um, Clare so all all the other Munster teams Tipperary have won a good bit of underage in the last 10 years and Cork have nothing and, and that's something that I think has hindered Cork's progress at senior level when they haven't won anything underage since 2001 now this team obviously that the current senior crop is probably their best in a long time but if you're not producing teams at that level it does impact if you're not bringing through one or two players a year and if you're not winning a minor every two or three years or 21 every two or three years it does have big impacts you know they, they don't want, they don't have that track record of winning um, and look we are in, we have a little whatsapp and three of us together and I put up a message the next day saying hard luck Shawnee you know obviously I was shouting for Cork yeah. to win <laughs> but he's like future is bright Liam I'm not getting worried and he said we should be winning on Ireland at senior level before Kilkenny based on the current form and some exciting young players coming through that's all well and good Shawnee like but 14 years since winning the senior All-Ireland 17 years now since the last underage All-Ireland if I was a betting man which I am <laughs> I, I, when it comes to these kind of things I've put a bet on with Shawnee I think Kilkenny will win a senior All-Ireland before Cork and I'm very confident of that Based on what you said, Dougie, yeah. though, they, they struggle to get over the line at the moment. The other semi finals or an underage final like that, that was there for them to win. They had bet Tipperary by 13 points in the Munster final. Tipperary to overcome that, is it something in Cork hurling where before they would never have been accused of that, but being a little bit fragile and a little bit yeah. soft? Yeah, it's in, yeah, it's interesting. And there's a lot of there's a lot of backlash in Cork after this one because I think the whole county was ready to celebrate something finally at underage. I think they were ready to celebrate it last year as well when they had that fantastic minor team. And I think a lot of the blame has been pointed towards Dennis Ring as manager of Cork and um, that he's not the guy getting them over the line. But at the same time, Dennis has won a minor with them at Munster level and a minor with them at under 21 level. So do you blame the manager or not? You don't know. Um, but just looking at this team... With those five players alone versus the Tipperary lads, you're kind of saying to yourself, how are they not winning this All-Ireland? Um, the question will just be hanging over Cork. I don't think anyone will find many answers um, in barstools around Cork this year, but Tip just wanted it more. Again, do you, do you go back to that argument where you've got so many senior players involved that there's an element of cockiness, there's an element of fatigue, there's an element of, I'll definitely be better than the guy I'm marking because I'm Mark Coleman or I'm Darius Gibbon or I'm Mahoney or whatever. And it looked like that, especially when you're looking at Kingston's game, who was very quiet for the whole game. He should be burning lads scoring one Fact. four, one five. And I think he got a point or two from playing. Mm -hmm. Even in the last minute or two, he went through off his usually lethal left hand side for a handy point from thirty five yards and drove it wide, let the wind kind of take it wide, which was a big miss. It would have put Cork two points up. Yeah. And I think I think that you need your your senior players performing to win yeah. those games yeah. if you know what I mean like you saw Tipperary win I think the, the under 21 Ireland in 2010 the year they bet Kilkenny in the senior during the under 21 a week oh. later and they won the Ireland by 20 something points and like you had Parik Mary and all those boys playing absolutely 
ran riot. Yeah. You know, so if you if you're if your senior players are not performing on twenty one, and then you're going to be up against it, especially when they're leaders of the team. Yeah. But um, look, I think it's a great win for Tipperary. It, it kind of after such a bad year in for Tipperary hurling, it does. And on a positive note from Liam Cal, as you said here, Giggles is making waves in Tipperary management, yeah. and he might be in line potentially for the senior gig. I think this has to put him in line for now. I think I think he's probably a player who made his debut at 19 years of age back in 1996 or something like that um, against Waterford Blown Wells Park actually the same day Ken McGrath made his debut and he wouldn't have been a player many people would have put into management you know he was kind of this full forward line went off on and off the panel for a few years and never maybe hit the heights of his potential but he had the tip minors for two or three years and won all Ireland with them especially and it was very difficult because at the same time Tipperary were contesting minor football all Ireland and he had a lot of dual players and he's brought this team from nowhere now or actually he's brought them from a 13 point hammering in the Munster final to win the All-Ireland I think he's got Liam Sheedy's brother involved with them as well uh, as a selector so it's I, th- I think Liam Cahill now will be one of the, the, the favourites to take the tip job whether he gets it or not we'll have to wait and see yeah and it's very unlikely that it will go to an outside person and tip so I say he's no. probably in prime position so we might leave that there on 21 it's a pity we didn't have Shawnee because he did send a message through just before we start recording saying sorry lads PJ can't make it because I had some inside story on the Cork under 21 team last weekend interesting stuff that's all he said though he didn't give us the insight so Probably some excuse there as to why they lost, but Shrani will get up the next day <laughs> when he's back on, on, on with us. So, coming up next, we're actually going to wrap up because we've got training in 20 minutes and we'll quickly look at the Ireland football final. I talk to God as much as I talk to Satan cause I want to hear both sides Does that make me cynical? There are no miracles and this is no miraculous life I savor hate as much as I crave love because I'm just a twisted guy. Is this the pinnacle? Is this the pinnacle? The pinnacle of being alive? Now I see the light. We're going well, lads. But, lads, bring the bit of fucking development into your play the next day now on the tigerish play. The discipline, the tightness. The the, 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 the the rough and tumble stuff all around the middle of the field, the fucking breaking ball, a, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lads. A grain of rice will tip the scale. But you'll have to get steely tough upstairs, and you must be willing to fucking break your gut. You were fucked over the line twice. Fucked over the line like you'd catch a fucking loaf of bread and fucked you over the line with a short up. And what that does is, it lifts the opposition. We don't want to see no Westmead man fucked about. Is that clear now, Alan? No more. You will have to be closer. Closer to fuck. We'll have to fucking crash into these fellas and test out their fucking pulse. Because I'm telling you, lads, these fellas that play good football if they're alone. Give me one fucking guarantee, each and every one of you, that you're going to be tighter, that you're going to be more disciplined, that you're going to be more tigerish, and that you're going to take the fucking game to these fellas. That these fellas will get such a fucking shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their fucking asses for fucking ten years. This ain't a miracle. This ain't a miracle. This ain't a miracle. Oh. Oh. Giggles at Ireland football final tomorrow night. 
compared to two weeks ago when we were so excited about the hurling final, making plans for spring rolls, um, wedges, yeah. upon a few little quiches, making a real little party of it over here. I put it out there, I'm not staying up to watch the Ireland football final tomorrow night. I don't know about yourself. I might watch the highlights of it or maybe Monday evening or the full yeah. game Monday evening. But I don't think there's been an Ireland final in recent years that has been less exciting of a build-up as a neutral. Yeah, given that it's Dublin going for the four in a row, which is amazing. But, you know, Tyrone, it's going to be, people are saying it'd be the... the the miracle of the decade yeah. if they were to beat them tomorrow. Yeah. It's it's yeah, there's no excitement around it. The narrative around football versus the narrative around hurling has just been so boring. Dublin winning every game by minimum eight points, if not twenty seven points. You know, that's yeah. been the range. I think the fact that Kerry and Mayo are gone out of the championship, um, they're the, probably the two teams who have put it up to Dublin, have beaten Dublin on occasions over the last kind of six or to ten years are out and they're out early. Um Galway just don't have the players on paper Tyrone just don't have the players the only thing that gets things exciting is when you look at a few statistics that neither Mickey Hart nor Jim Gavin have ever lost not Ireland finals manager so oh, one, one, one yeah. of them is going that's going to change tomorrow yeah. the only exciting thing when you think about Tyrone in the last decade in 2003 they beat the All reigning All-Ireland champions in 2005 they beat the reigning All-Ireland champions and in 2008 they stopped Kerry going for three in a row beating the reigning All-Ireland champions they've always gone in as underdogs so there's an element of if you look back at history and look we're, we're, reach, we're clutching at straws here now to try and give Tyrone a chance the handicap I think is six or seven points for Dublin, for Dublin to win just looking at the Dublin machine if, if, if the first 15 aren't performing they have Kevin McMenamin and Paul Flynn Bernard Brogan Cormac Costello Brogan back after a cruise yeah. within six months which is phenomenal they've, as well. they've ridiculous players to bring in off the bench um, I just I can't see anything bar a routine win for Dublin unfortunately um, I'm hoping I'm, I'm sure like Tyrone will have to do something different yeah. to mix it up because they're, they're not going to go down to Crow Park just to give Dublin the All-Ireland they will do something there's a part of me thinks that this could be a cracking match just because we haven't had one in so long. On the law of averages, we have to have a good match and Dublin have to come down in their performance a little bit. They didn't play well against Donegal in the first Super 8s game. If they were to play like that against the Tyrone team, Tyrone would have a chance. But we're just saying we can't see anything but an eight-point win for Dublin. Are you going to stay up and watch it? I don't know. I'll see. I enjoy staying up even for the hype around the other and the final and stuff like that. We'll watch the minor game, but we'll see how tired I am. I won't be... Dragging, dragging my eyes open and making sure I stay up for it if not I'll just watch the first thing the next morning yeah yeah. It'll, look it'll be an interesting one I think as a hurling person coming in this year it was all about the Super 8s and at the last kind of minute we got this new format for the hurling didn't know how it was going to play out and I think you know the hurling has completely overshadowed the football the Super 8s was a bit of a wet blanket never really got the the hyper excitement it was probably meant to be what the hurling was meant to be yeah. you know what I mean It yeah. just and it just didn't ignite because we have Dublin and I take Dublin away it's a very competitive championship but Dublin are so far ahead I think that's what's been yeah but the flip side is even like the round robin in any competition is always done at the start do you know Champions League look up the minor championships over the last four or five years they've done the round robin start the hurling round robin is at the start and that creates very good games but it's not knockout bringing the round robin in at the quarter final stage where your first game isn't knockout but it's really important just doesn't go with the flow like and, and I think that's what happened with the Super 8s this year the first game was not knockout so it didn't get well supported the middle game then actually we had a bit of hype because P teams had to win or lose and only for David Clifford scoring that goal against Monaghan the last minute 
every game nearly in the last weekend would have been a dead rubber bar Tyrone and Donegal so it's 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 just doesn't work at the stage where they have it in mm. they kind of have to just bite the bullet and make the provincial championships round robin like Hurling is a little bit luckier because they've got five in Leinster and five in Munster, whereas they've got 12 in Leinster and nine in Ulster and five in Munster, whatever it is. Um, they should really have their own Robin at the start and then they can get the excitement because all the best games this year have come through the qualifiers. Like Kildare Mayo has probably been one of the most exciting games we've had this year. Tyrone, Donegal, you could argue in Super 8s, but most games have been pretty poor standard. Or as well, Giggles, do we need to just look at what we have in Hurling is like there's 12 teams in the top tier oh, yeah, in Hurling. Yeah. Like you can't the argument for having thirty two teams yeah. in the top tier of football, sorry, like yeah. it's redundant to this stage. Yeah. Like and if you'll say, look, oh people like likes of Wicklow or whatever, they want to be pl- in, yeah. in contested for the Sam McGuire. Limerick or Wicklow are not gonna win the Sam McGuire. But if they are in a, 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 a division two or division three equivalent, they're a chance of winning a trophy. Something, yeah. Something like you know, what's the point? Like the hurling has been a great success in that the way they've gone for the tiers now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're playing against teams that you you um you can beat, you're competitive, and you have the opportunity to go up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't see how they keep dragging the football one out. Yeah. And there's, there's two thoughts. One, Jim McGuinness had an amazing um, schedule of how to do it, like where you can keep everyone in there. But at, once you get past the provincial stages, you break off into a 16A knockout straight away and a B, next 16 knockout straight away. So you've got two and they both finish up on the other in final and your league form dictates as well how, where you finish yeah. in the top 16. And that would be really good. But if you go to the Premiership, right, you go to soccer and you ask somebody playing for Scunthorpe United, would you like to be playing in the Premiership? What are they going to say? Of course I'd like to be playing in the Premiership. So this question of ask the players what they want and where they'd like to be playing, it's kind of redundant. Like. I agree. You can't say to a, t- a footballer in Watford, would you like to be playing the Sam Maguire or Tom Murphy? Like, most of them will say, I'd like to be playing the Sam Maguire. Of course they would. The Scunthorpe United boys would love to be playing against Drogba every single week, but they, they don't have it because they're not at that level. You definitely need at least a second tier in football, if not a third tier. And yeah. Jim McGuinness is one. It's a very complicated one to explain without reading it now, so I won't even attempt. You're not great at <laughs> interpreting these systems here. This one, no, I interpret this one perfectly you now. sure now? Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, you weren't um, so good at the hurling one this year. No, I wasn't, to be fair. But <laughs> it was. It was just made perfect sense. And no, yeah. Duffy wanted to go Super 8s, so yeah. Super 8s was. Super 8s what it is. Manny, yeah, look, I suppose we're both going to tip Dublin Army Giggles. Dublin, Dublin by eight. Dublin by eight. Yeah, hard to, hard to argue <laughs> with that. So, anyway, look, we'll see how it goes tomorrow night. Just with regards the podcast going forward, we might take a break for the next couple of weeks. We're going to see how things are going. We're in the middle of preparing for uh, state games that are being held in Melbourne in October. Um, we're going to do some live episodes definitely in the first week of October out in state games. We're going to have over 500 players from all over Australia and New Zealand converging. Yeah. We're going to have the president of the Ladies Gaelic Football Association is going to be out. It's going to be a great few days in Melbourne. We might get Colin Nocton back on. Or we might get Colin Nocton back on, yeah. yeah. We might have a few more <laughs> people um, on, which will be great. So we'll keep you posted. We might do an episode in between, but we're just going to see how things are going. But we'll probably take a break for a few weeks. Yeah. So, Giggles, thanks for having us today. We better get the gear on, Liam. Joe, gear Joe on. Caesar will be giving out. Yeah, we better go, go get, get going here. And today's episode is brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sports, where the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers. That's it for today. Have a go and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>